Okay, today we are doing an interesting chapter. This is Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 12. And uh, it says the perfect society and four spiritual classes. Narad Muni said, A student should practice completely controlling his senses. He should be submissive and should have an attitude of firm friendship for the spiritual master. With a great bow, the Brahmachari should live at a Gurukul only for the benefit of the Guru. <laughs> it's his personal benefit. Okay, good, good. So, at both junctions of the day and the night, namely in the early mornings and in the evenings, he should be fully absorbed in thoughts of the spiritual master, the fire, sun god, lord Vishnu and by chanting the Gayatri mantra, he should worship them. So basically it is talking about those who are on the spiritual path. It's about sadhakas. Now the sadhakas are those who are on the spiritual path. How their life should be? Their life should be absolutely chaste. He should be controlling his senses. Senses in the sense, see we are driven by our senses every now and then. We want to see all beautiful stuff. We want to hear beautiful stuff. We want to taste all nice things. But uh, when you are a sadhaka, you have to be very austere in your way of living. But it doesn't... This is in uh, chapter 12, text 3, that is, uh, perfect society, four spiritual classes. Hmm? So, he should be submissive and have an attitude of firm friendship for the spiritual master. You have to always look upon your spiritual master as a friend, as somebody who is going to guide you in your process of reaching a certain destination. It happens that normally when you, in your school, in the school and college, we have a teacher who is there hardly for a small amount of time. See, your class teacher will be there with you for a very short amount of time. Or in school also. Now, Whereas the spiritual things are concerned, the spiritual master is there with you 24 bar 7. Most of the time, because we are staying so far away, we cannot be with each other for a very long period of time. So, it is required that you have a Gurukul. A Gurukul is a place where you meet literally the master every day in and out. And you are constantly with him. And because you are there with your master, he is able to mold you and give you the right kind of guidance. So, with a great vow, the Brahmachari should live at Gurukul only for the benefit of the Guru. Why the benefit of the Guru? Because you need to have Ekagrata. Ekagrata means one-pointedness. Now, that is the reason why in the next line he says, he should be fully absorbed in the thought of the spiritual master, fire, the sun god and lord Vishnu. Fire and sun god. Why fire and sun god? Because the timing which is mentioned over there, at the junction of the day and the night. At the junction of the day, early in the morning, that is twilight, you are praying to sun god. And at the close of the day, you are praying to fire, because that is how fire is lit. In the ancient times, there was a fire. Now you can pray to your, you know, Edison bulbs. <laughs> Maybe. And Lord Vishnu, that is the spiritual master of the master is Lord Vishnu himself. And the Gayatri Mantra, basically the mantra which purifies the human being. Being called the spiritual master, 
being called by the spiritual master the student should study the vedic mantras regularly every day before beginning his studies and at the end of the studies the disciple should respectfully offer obeisances unto the spiritual master why is it important to offer obeisances to the spiritual master it's because it's touching the feet basically it means that you are giving a reverence to the spiritual master in today's day and age hardly anybody touches the feet of the master but in ancient times there was a riti there was a rivaj of touching the master's feet forget about this master even if you go to a dance school you know where they teach you bharatanatyam or some such thing the first thing is vandana you know you you have to pray respect to the master whoever she, she or he might be carrying pure kusa grass in the hand the brahmachari should dress regularly with a belt of straw and with a deer skin garments he should wear matted hair carry a rod and water pot and be decorated by sacred thread as recommended in the shastras the brahmachari should go out morning and evening to collect alms and he should offer all that he collects to the spiritual master he should eat only if ordered to take food by the spiritual master otherwise if the spiritual master does not give this order he may sometimes have to fast this is a very extreme case where you know the spiritual master has literal control over the entire comings and goings in the life of the disciple but this is talking about a renunciate a complete person who has renounced everything has become a sanyasi has come to the spiritual master to learn this thing as of now today i can only say this much that it is very important to follow what the master says to you why is it important because in the spiritual world in the normal world what is being told to you has a certain significance has a certain way why because it's only when you give the reins or your reins in the hands of the master that he will be able to guide you and motivate you into the right pathway that is the reason why and earlier they used to go out and beg for food because that is how you know you go and do this kind of a madukari madukari is basically going out asking for food bringing it and giving it to the master it is followed even today when some of the very ancient sects very ancient uh, religious traditions are followed it is still done some of the buddhist some of the hindu uh, sages they are still following this same traditional path but they are very rare very few of them are left a brahmachari should be quite well behaved and gentle and should not eat or collect more than necessary he must always be active and expo- an expert fully believing in the instructions of the spiritual master and the shastra fully controlling his senses and he should associate only as much necessary with women or those controlled by women now this is a important line it tells you what you know we normally are associate associated with various kinds of people now in today's day and age you will find that most of the people's lives are controlled either by their wives or by their husbands so when you have this kind of an atmosphere where the particular life of a person is controlled by somebody else you have to have very less association with those kind of people it is not right on our part to be associated because you lose your spiritual knowledge you lose your spiritual acumen that you have whatever that you have gained is lost because you are constantly thinking in terms of 
householders, the way householders behave. A brahmachari or one who has not accepted the Gharahastha ashram must rigidly avoid talking with women or even women. For the senses are so powerful that they may agitate even the mind of a sannyasi, a member of the renounced order of life. This is, uh, you know, like Ramakrishna Paramahansa used to say, Kamini Kanchan. What he actually meant was lust and greed. These are the two things which every person is to be very, very careful about. Because you don't know how you are going to fall down. If the wife of the spiritual master is young, a young brahmachari should not allow her to care for his hair, massage his body with oil or bathe him with affection like a mother. Woman is compared to fire and man is compared to a butter pot. Therefore, a man should avoid associating even with his own daughter in a secluded place. Similarly, he should also avoid association with other women. One should associate with women only for important business and not otherwise. As long as the living entity is not completely self-realized, as long as he is not independent of the misconception of identifying with his body, which is nothing but a reflection of the original body and senses, he cannot be relieved of the conception of duality which is epitomized by the duality between man and a woman. Thus there is every chance that he will fall down because his intelligence is bewildered. The only way in which you can actually associate with people around you is when you have reached the state of realization. When you have realized and you have gone beyond, at that point in time only you can definitely have no such issues coming up, cropping up in the world. But when you have not reached those stages, when you know very well that you can easily sleep at any given moment in time, it is always important for every male to avoid the society of a female because it is always going to take you away from the real focus in your life. In the same way, the female needs to avoid the male society because you get carried away by what is mentioned. Uh, today there was a very big article in the newspaper. It is in headlines because today is a woman's day. So the article says that for every three women okay, who are unmarried, there is only one man available. Unmarried one man. So one unmarried man and three unmarried women, that is the ratio that has been left behind now. Yeah, that is availability as of now. So you can imagine that means the female population in the marriageable age is far greater than the marriageable male population. This is the ratio which the government of India has released and which is published in the Times of India front page. And uh, the divorce rates is half of the amount of separation rates. Suppose there are 1000 divorces, there are 2000 separations. So the separation is twice the amount of divorce rates, which is a shocking revelation in India because we are a country which is following these kind of traditions, you know. And even in these kind of traditions, this, this is a very, very strange ratio which the government of India has released. It's a shocking revelation. So, as long as the self, if the person is not self-realized, there is going to be a difficulty. A person can fall down and can get bewildered. Bewildered means you will completely get lost.
all the rules and regulations apply equally to the householder and the sannyasi the member of the renounced order of life those these rules which we are talking about just now are applicable to both kind of people the one who is in the grahastha ashram and the one who is on the mark, mark of sannyasa both the people not one person both the people are these rules are valid the member of the renounced order also the grahastha however is given permission by the spiritual master to indulge in sex during the period favorable for procreation <laughs> so master's permission brahmacharya or grahastha who have taken the vow of celibacy as described above should not indulge in the following applying powder or ointment to the eyes massaging the head with oil massaging the body with the hands seeing a woman or a painting of a woman's picture eating meat drinking wine decorating the body with flower garlands smearing scented ointments on the body or decorating the body with ornaments these they should give up now very important for uh, chitti over here you have not become a renunciate so don't apply this to you okay you are still in your in your student days okay so the application only is for the renunciate brahmacharis brahmacharis are those who have taken the vow of not getting married and always dedicating their life to god these are the people we are talking about we are not talking about people those who have you know want to earn some money go out have a family we are not talking about any of those kind of people we are talking about brahmacharis those who are following the renunciate order all right according to the rules and regulations mentioned above one should who is twice born namely a brahmana kshatriya or a vaishya should reside in the gurukul under the care of the spiritual master there he should study and learn all the vedic literatures along with their supplements and the upanishads according to his ability and the power to study if possible the student or disciple should reward the spiritual master with the remuneration the spiritual master requests and then following the master's order a disciple should leave and accept one of the other ashramas namely grahastha ashram vanaprastha ashram or sanyasa ashram as he desires see though i had written a blog some two days ago is the same thing which is mentioned over here it is those who are following a spiritual master it is very very important to follow the path which he has set forth forth for that particular person that means what it means that you have to follow the path which he is prescribing understand this that if you are doing something now let us say if you have done your graduation in civil engineering naturally you want to become a civil engineer or maybe an interior person who is looking after those kind of stuff or if you have become a doctor now a doctor is supposed to have a practice later on or maybe join a hospital or something like that or he may do social service for all you care but think about a doctor going and becoming some something else becoming a chief minister or something like that i mean that's not the right thing to do but here the reason why it is mentioned is you have come whoever is come in the spiritual path has come on their own free will nobody has put a gun against your head and said you have to follow the spiritual path nobody is telling you that so if you have come on the spiritual path there are certain rules and regulations which are to be followed over here are you not going to follow the rules and regulations if you are in a particular school or a particular institution you are following the rules and regulations here also the spiritual master's training is as if it is like a gurukul you see the previous line said no that you have to be staying in a gurukul 
Now, why the Gurukul is because there is a spiritual path that needs to be followed. See, even in Christianity, it is very, very important that the apostles that were there with the Jesus Christ, they were following him around. And they were always, at least for the four years that he lived over there, they were following him. And they followed the path laid out by him. And once Christ went away, then whatever the path that he had prescribed for each individual, like Peter was told to go to Rome, in the same way Thomas was told to go to India. So these people went to different, different places and tried to preach. So whatever is prescribed by the teacher, that is what you are supposed to do, the spiritual master. So it's exactly like that. And what is the thing that is happening in the Gurukul? In the Gurukul, there is a very clear discipline. You have to get up in the morning, there is a particular ritual to be followed, Gayatri Mantra, this, that, so many things, getting the stuff from the, you know, jungles and so on and so forth, water and so on and so forth. Now today we don't need to do that. Maybe you just need to put on the motor and the water will come. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is this, that there is a regimen that needs to be followed. A regimen. See, when you are there in your material world, do you know, first and foremost, there is no discipline in a person. Have you noticed? There is absolutely no discipline. Getting up at whatever time, sleeping at whatever time, studying at whatever time, talking at whatever time. Think about it. There is no question of even taking the bath at the right time. Sometimes you find people don't take bath in, you know, when it is supposed to be taken. And hygiene, maintenance of hygiene is so, so very important. Following a ritual, a regime is very, very important. If you do not follow the regime, now think about it like this. From tomorrow onwards, the sun will not rise at the respected hour. Suppose sun is supposed to rise at 6.55 a.m. in the morning and the sun decides tomorrow onwards I will do something, I will take a little bit of relaxation. I will get up at 8 o'clock in the morning. You know what is going to happen? In the same way, okay, the flowers that are supposed to bloom will say, no, 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 I don't feel like blooming. Maybe I should go straight away into becoming a fruit. Sir, pollination is required. No, over there. So you better become a flower. Okay. It's nothing. You know, when I'm talking like this, you will understand that today, in today's day, the entire plant, the tree of mango tree is filled with the bloom. Have you seen? If you go around India, you will find all the mango trees are in bloom. There are flowers there. Now the flowers need to open. The bees and all these different different creatures, they need to pollinate. If they don't do this in time, you really think you are going to get mangoes to eat? No, you won't get anything to eat. So everything is happening in its disciplined manner. And this is the reason why it is important to have a discipline in life. You can't get up at some hour, you can't sleep at some hour, you can't run away here and there at some hour. No. Follow the regime. It's very, very important. The reason why you cannot follow the regime is because you are given to your tamasic age. Oh, relaxation. Okay, chalta hai. See this one hour that we spend over here, no? Maybe one or less than that or more than that. Is like a regime, you know, you are focused. Now imagine if the TV is on on the other side, 
you know what you are going to do you are going to look like this and then like this like this and like this and like this and like this yeah if some child is playing in the vicinity you are going to look at hey the child is playing over there you may put me on mute but you are doing all your antics over there okay why do we say that you need to put on your camera is because you know why you should put on a camera because most of the time you fall asleep my voice is like that you know it will put you to sleep very soon because i speak in one straight line so after some time you will like that is happening so if you put on the camera what happens at least for not being you know <laughs> in that manner you will at least be awake at least so this regime is very important please understand it is for your own sake the master is not interested in all these things he is not interested in you becoming some big prime minister or some chief minister or something he is not interested you think that is going to happen and that's going he is bothered about it no he doesn't need any ashrama from you he is basically looking out for your own good so it is if you become disciplined in your life then you are going to be very clear in your method of working you will follow what is called as a swadharma okay so after you finish then the master describes to you exactly what you are supposed to do whether you should follow vanaprastashrama whether you should go into grahastha life or whatever that is the master prescribes at the end one should realize that in the fire in the spiritual master and in oneself all the living entities in all circumstances and conditions the spiritual personality of god at vishnu has simultaneously entered and not entered he is situated externally and internally as a full controller of everything he is given very strange words in the end he says he is entered and he is not entered what is the meaning of this word entered and non entered entered means effulgence is there effulgence in the form of knowledge so you will find that knowledge dawns in a person suddenly tang like that or otherwise you are like a dull person vishnu has not even bothered to enter over there think about it at such a time you are completely a dull person you don't even know what the hell is happening around you knowledge that is the most important part knowledge is full of effulgence and we are doing this in other books also the same thing if you follow the other books it you will also understand we are doing exactly the same thing by practicing in this way whether one is to be a brahmacharya whether one should be in brahmacharya ashrama grahastha ashrama vanaprastha ashrama or sanyasa ashrama one must always realize that the all pervading presence of the supreme lord for in this way it is possible to understand the absolute truth so understand in whichever path that you are in whether you are a student in life whether you are working in some place or whether you have married whether you have settled down in your life whether you have children or whether you have gone away into the spiritual world completely left and gone over there or whether you have just around over here so that you know trying to stretch out you know chart out a life for yourself whichever the case might be in every part of this you should know that the lord is always there in everything okay i shall now describe the qualification for a vanaprastashrama one who has retired from family life by rigidly following the rules and regulation of vanaprastashram one can easily be elevated to the upper planetary system known as the maharloka a person in a vanaprastashram life should not eat grains grown by tilling of the fields you should also not eat grains that have grown without tilling of the fields but are not fully ripe nor should the vanaprastashram vanaprastha eat grains cooked in fire 
Indeed, he should eat only fruit ripened by the sunshine. Now, this is for the one who has left completely the normal life and he has gone to the jungles. Those who have gone to Himalayas. Okay? I said, none of us has gone to the Himalayas, so don't bother about it. So, eating ripe fruits. And tomorrow you will go to Hopcoms and keep on buying fruits. Okay? <laughs> no, this is not about buying fruits. <laughs> no, it is for those people who have completely become vanaprastha. They should go to the jungles. They are not. They are not allowed to eat any kind of grains. They basically there is a regime that they need to follow. A vanaprastha should prepare cakes to be offered in sacrifice from fruits and grains grown naturally in the forest. When he obtains some new grains, he should give up his old stock of grains. Now. Those who have been to a place far away from here, that place is called Datta Budangiri. Two, three people have gone from here. Now, Datta Budangiri was a place where one of the avatars of my own guru was staying over there. It's called Budan Baba. Okay? Baba Budangiri is the name of the place under whom. So, what he did was, he was a Vanaprastha. That's a full jungle over there. That's a full jungle. So he used to stay in this particular place. Now he had come from uh, some of the African countries. So what he did was he was carrying six seeds with him. So what he did was he threw the seeds outside and the water fell on it and it became a crop. Okay. From it came out different seeds. Now these seeds when they become ripe, they are to be dried and then they are to be roasted and crushed into powder that becomes coffee now introduction of the coffee to India was done by Baba Budan he is a Datta avatar so this is what you are allowed to do as a Vanaprastha you can grow your own crops if you want to just as, uh, some stray crops that is allowed that is why if you find you know some of these ashramas I don't know if you all have visited some of the ashramas you will find that you know, this uh, corn and other things are sown outside, just outside their ashram. So the corn grows, some sugar crane grows, something like that, you know. They are allowed to have those kind of things which are there, just in their vicinity. Otherwise, they are not allowed to go and buy or get from anywhere. Okay, that is what it is meant. Avanaprastha should prepare a thatched cottage or take shelter of a cave in a mountain only to keep the sacred fire but he should personally practice enduring snowfall wind fire rain and the shining of the sun i am sure all of you know there is one one prastas that we are actually talking about over here that is sai baba of shirdi he was staying in a in a in an old very very old rundown type of a mosque he was staying in that mosque and he would be sitting over there the whole day and he used to keep a sacred fire it's called dhuni he kept a dhuni over there you keep a sacred fire over there because it is cold sometimes in the night so they are allowed to keep one fire and you get the fire logs from the jungles that's it so he would also do the same get it from the jungles or sometimes some person will give him the logs and those who came and gave him, there, were, there was a woman called Lakshmi Bai. She would come and give him food every day. Little food she will give. Or he would go to four houses, beg for some things and come. And he would make and eat that. So he was a very, very pure Vanaprastha in his heydays, in his earlier days of his life. 
the vanaprastha should wear matted locks of hair in the head and let his body hair nails and mustache grow they should not cleanse the body of dirt he should keep a water pot deer skin and the rod wear the bark of a tree as a covering and use garments or colored like fire exactly what baba has to do baba did exactly like that he never cut his hair once in a while in the later on part of his life when he had gone beyond the stage of anything that time he some people used to cut his hair and all that but otherwise he maintained a long beard a big bushy mustache he was always having that so and long hair the hair never used to <laughs> be cut any time by him so even jesus christ if you see jesus christ had very long locks he had a very big mustache and you know beard also why because that is the part that they are supposed to play and his clothes were very simple choga you know that cloak we say and cloak as we say very simple made from muslin or some such type of material that is available or even jute the easily available material maybe cotton you don't know something like that was available so he would use that being very thoughtful avanaprastha should remain in the forest for 12 years 8 years 4 years 2 years or at least 1 year he should behave in such a way that he will not be disturbed or troubled by too much of austerity when because of disease or old age one is unable to perform his prescribed duties for advancement in spiritual consciousness or the study of vedas he should practice fasting not taking any food he should properly place the fire elements in his own self and this way give a bodily affinity by which one thinks the body to be one self or one's own one should gradually merge the material body into five elements earth water fire air and sky now here there is a particular mention which is a very very unique ability by most of the great yogis in the world they bring the fire inside of them see there are elements the elements are basically five in nature so he is talking about the fire element now fire element when it is inside your body when you when you create that element inside your body you are able to completely keep away from any cold no cold will affect you so you know these people who stay in the himalayas they can stay in that extreme cold conditions by keeping the fire inside them one of the great exponents tapuvan maharaj would wear a very simple cloth and walk around in barefoot in the jungles and go right up to the himalayas he traveled right up to tibet by the way he was a highly educated person okay he was a very highly educated carlite and people thought that he was he was you know dadi wala baba old man people thought that he was an uneducated person but he was a very highly educated person same way it goes for shivananda shivananda was also a very highly educated doctor who served in burma came to india started this divine life society is a great great person but by looking at him nobody would say and he was a complete renunciate so such type of people are very very rare to find chinmayananda was a follower of both these people and tapon maharaj was the one that he finally took up as a guru and shivananda is the one who gave him the name chinmayananda was given by shivananda these are very great exponents these are very very great people and they are able to keep their body under their control by getting these kind of elements inside of them a sober self realized person who has full knowledge should merge the various parts of the body in their original source 
The holes in the body are caused by the sky. The process of breathing is caused by the air. The heat of the body is caused by fire. And semen, blood and mucus are caused by water. The hard substance like skin, muscle and bones are caused by the earth. In this way, all the constituents of body are caused by various elements and they should be merged again into those elements. If this is a time when he is not able to sustain his body at that point in time, you have to consecrate all these things to their respective places. That is being mentioned over here. Thereafter, the object of speech, along with the sense of speech, that is the tongue, should be bestowed upon fire. Craftsmanship and the two hands should be given up to the demigod Indra. The power of the movement and the leg should be given to Lord Vishnu. Sensual pleasure along with the genitals should be bestowed upon Prajapati. The rectum with the power of the evacuation should be bestowed into the proper place unto Mrityu. The oral instrument along with sound vibrations should be given to the deities presiding over the directions. The instrument of touch along with the sense objects of touch should be given to Vayu. Form with the power of sight should be bestowed upon the sun. The tongue along with the demigods Varuna should be bestowed upon water and the power of smell along with the two Ashwini Kumars demigods should be bestowed upon the earth. The mind along with the material desires should be merged into the moon demigods. All the subject matter of intelligence along with the intelligence itself should be placed in Lord Brahma. False ego which is under the influence of material modes of nature and which induces one to think I am this body and everything connected with this body is mine should be merged along with the material activities in Rudra, the predominating deity of false ego. The material consciousness along with the goals of thought should be merged in the individual living being and the demigods acting under the modes of material nature should be merged along with the perverted living beings into the supreme being. The earth should be merged in water, water in the brightness of the sun, this brightness into thin, into the air, the air into the sky, the sky into the false ego, the false ego into total material energy, the total material energy into the unmanifested ingredients, the pradhan feature of the material energy and at last the ingredients features of the material manifestation into the super soul. Now the only person who has actually heard these words before is Brito. We are doing the same thing in the reverse order in another book. And this is another spiritual text which we are doing which is telling us exactly how this whole thing came into the picture. And here we are talking about how the man can merge back into the whole thing, back to the super soul, back to the father in heaven. So if you have understood, what does it say? The eyes, the object of vision basically and the eyes, they all have to merge inwards. They have to go inside towards light. Likewise, you know, the tongue is a tasting organ, correct? Along with the taste buds should go inwards towards the taste, that is Ashwini Kumars. Likewise, you will find that everything is going backward and backward. That means merging backwards into the whole thing. And once the whole thing is merged back, now you will ask me, what do you mean by merging? See, think about it. Merging is a very very strange word over used over here. Let me give you an understanding what it means by merging. When we look at a person with our eyes, when we are seeing an object, let us say I have seen a very beautiful fruit, an apple in front of my eyes. It is or maybe a mango hanging on a tree, a ripe mango hanging on a tree. I have seen it with my eyes. 
my eyes observe it the organ called i observes it goes inside to the vision it goes and it deciphers inside oh this is a mango very interesting we should eat it we should pluck it and eat it so it sends a system is transmitted to the mind and the mind decides how this by reasoning it decides what you should do with it so you will find that your hand will move slightly ahead it will pluck the mango then you will squeeze it nicely and then you open your mouth and you eat it see the whole process has happened or no the entire process has happened merging into it means what merging the eye into its particular organ it means what the moment you see that mango over there it just needs to be captured over here need not go to the mind so what happens the person the god connected with the eye is only getting its fruit whatever is a sacrifice is only happening over there the sacrifice is not reaching the mind no it is only happening over here you will wonder what i am talking again let us see from a person who is let us say an autistic child or somebody who is slightly having a mental defect you know what does a person do he may see an object in front of him you know a child who doesn't have any idea what it is may just touch the object may not even eat it he will just play with it play with it play with it and just leave it over there and go away have you noticed children how they behave this is exactly what they do they naturally take up this kind of thing they take up that object in hand just play with it leave it over there and run away has it affected their mind no so that is not done now what you do is the eye which is taking the object and is merging inside is offered in the sacrificial pit over there there is a sacrifice happening over there hmm when the sacrifice is happening it will tell you what that thing is or no but if there is no such thing as a idea of what is there in that will it affect you no it will not how it doesn't affect a spiritually perfect person i'll tell you mirabai was given a glass of poison her tongue was not affected by it because even if she drank the mind was nowhere in play and because the mind was nowhere in play she could drink the entire glass of poison and nothing would happen to her because the offering was taken up by the god and it was not taken up by the human being which is mirabai herself same way you will find that jesus though he was pierced by the bow by the you know by the um, you know sharp object in his stomach in his uh, under the ribs and yet when when thomas poked his hand inside there jesus did not feel the pain 
or when the nails were hammered in and when Jesus came down from the cross nothing happened to him why? because he had merged the merging had happened there was no person there there was no human being there by the way so understand this is what we are talking about the eye is lost in its own God the nose in its own God the mouth in its own God the hands in its own God the legs have their everybody has their domain head isn't it? Like you have where uh, even in your company you will have somebody who is looking after human resources, somebody is looking after... So everybody has their domain head. So every, they are lost in their domain heads and that is the reason why though nobody understands what is actually happening over there. When all the material designations have thus merged into their respective material elements, the living beings who are all ultimately completely spiritual, being one in quality with the supreme being should cease from material existence as flames ceased when the wood in which they are burning is consumed. When the material body is returned to its original material, various material elements, only the spiritual being remains. This spiritual being is Brahma and is equal in quality to the Parabrahma. So this is a way of merging for this kind of a great spiritual person, a Vanaprastha who had actually gone you know, taken up this sannyasa. He has taken up this. That person, when he is not able to perform anything in this world, physically, then this is what he does. We have come to the end of the chapter. So we will start this next chapter 13 because yesterday we had ended very early. We are doing chapter 13, the behavior of a perfect person. Now how is a perfect person supposed to behave? Sri Narad Muni said, A person able to cultivate spiritual knowledge should renounce all material connections and merely keeping the body inhabitable, he should travel from one place to another, passing only one night in each village. In this way, without repentance in regards to the needs of the body, the sannyasi should travel all over the world. So those who have taken sannyasa, it is advised that they should never take up a permanent residence in any place. They are literally like uh, Mr. George Clooney, <laughs> you know, traveling in their bag. So they are traveling all over the world. I can just be there in that place for some time. After that, go to another place, then go to another place, then go to another place. You cannot be called a person of one place. That is what an avduta is like. An avduta, which my Guruji is an avduta, he never stays in one place at one time. Same way is Sukhdeva Swami, the person who is telling the story, you know. The one who has written this entire book, he is like that, Navdut. He roams from place to place to place to place to place. A person is in the renounced order of life may try to avoid even a dress to cover himself. See, these are basically those Nagas or basically those who are free for, free to the sky. If he wears anything at all, it should only be a loincloth and when there is no necessity, a sannyasi should even accept a danda. Should not even accept a danda. A sannyasi should avoid carrying anything but a danda and a kamandalu. A sannyasi completely satisfied in the self should live on arms begged from door to door, not being dependent on any person or any place. He should always be friendly, well-wisher to all the living beings and be peaceful, unalloyed devotee of Narayana. In this way, he should move from place to place. A sannyasi should always try to see the supreme pervading everything and see everything including the universe resting in the supreme. This is something which we have been talking about all the time. You have to see God in everything and everything in God. Both these things are valid. During unconsciousness and consciousness and between the two, he should try to understand the self and be fully situated in the self. 
In this way, you should realize that the conditional and the liberated stages of life are only illusory and not actually factual. With such a higher understanding, you should only see the absolute truth pervading everywhere. That this is the thing that a person is supposed to be in. A sannyasi is a person who is completely given up his material world. He is completely lost in his own self. That is how he is supposed to behave. Since the material body is not sure to be vanquished and the duration of one's life is not fixed, neither death nor life is to be praised. Rather, one should observe the eternal factor, time factor, in which the living entity manifests himself and disappears. Literature, that is useless waste of time. In other words, literature without spiritual benefit should be rejected. One should not become a professional teacher as a means of earning one's livelihood. Nor should one indulge in arguments and counter-arguments. Nor should one take shelter in any cause or fashion. See, in our world what we do is we do a diluted portion of this. We don't follow this rigidly. Rigidity is not there in our world because we have not taken a complete sannyasashram. We have taken half of it literally. So what we do is, we do not read all those Mills and Boons or you know, Harley Davids, uh, Harley Quinn romances or you know, what all these Patterson and all these kind of books, right? We are supposed to read spiritual texts. So basically the person is involved in reading only spiritual, that is what interests him. There is no point in arguments or counter arguments with people. People will come up with some kind of stupid arguments. Don't go and, you know, don't bother. If somebody is there who is calling, you know, Narendra Bodhi ne aisa kiya, usme aisa kiya, sorry sir, why are you getting into all those things? That is the politician's job, let him do his job, you do yours. You be lost in the self. Why unnecessarily get into something which has no value? So when I see these orange clad people joining all these kind of, you know, political parties, it's a very sad state of affairs. You should not bother about such kind of things. They are not so... Wearing orange, you should not be doing all these kind of things. Or wearing white. And then going and giving speeches in colleges and institutions and all. That is also not expected. Why are you wearing white and orange clothes? You should be wearing your regular tie, boot, suit and all that. And then go and give lectures in colleges and all that. You see the whole point of it. These people want to educate all these Harvard people and all that. I mean, why you want to give a lecture to the Harvards? If you want to give a lecture to the Harvards, why not wear nice clothes and go and talk to them in a corporate way? So, never disturb a person's mind over there. So, you should never indulge in arguments or counter-arguments. A sannyasi must not represent present allurements of material benefits and gather many disciples. Nor should he unnecessarily read many books or give discourses as a means of livelihood. He must never attempt to increase material opulence unnecessarily. Think about it. How many people qualify for this kind of role? Hardly anybody qualifies. Those who are there, they sell their classes. Oh, this is a, you know, what Yogasana classes and that classes and that classes and that classes. You join, you have to pay 5,000 and 10,000 and 5 lakh and 10 lakh for some classes. Sorry sir, you are not allowed to do that. A sannyasi is not even supposed to do any of these things. He should not even have more followers. Followers are not correct. Why are you having followers? Why are you having people who are going to, uh, you know, you call out your uh, name? No, you are not supposed to have. Nor should you unnecessarily read many books and give discourses as a means of livelihood. 
a peaceful equipoised person who is factually advanced in spiritual consciousness need does not need to accept the symbols of sannyasi such as tridanda or kamandalu according to necessity he must sometimes accept these symbols and sometimes reject them although a saintly person may not expose himself to the vision of human society by his behavior his purpose is disclosed to human society he should present himself like a restless child and although he is a greatest thoughtful orator he should present himself like a dumb man so understand this such a great person should always behave like a dumb person if he is asked a question do you know this answer no i don't know the answer do you think you understand this great philosophical thing no sir i really have no clue about it it is not because he wants to you know tell lies it's because you dissuade because the moment somebody comes to know that you have fabulous knowledge there will be hundreds of people following you suppose they come to know you are like an einstein you are you have a super brain you know how many people will want to uh, talk to you take your autograph or all those kind of things no you are not allowed to do all those kind of things is not right so that person a saintly person should never do this kind of thing as a historical example for this learned sages recite the story of an ancient discussion between prallad maharaj and a great saintly person who was feeding himself like a python prallad maharaj the most dear servitor of supreme personality of godhead once went out touring the universe with some of the confidential associates just to study the nature of a saintly person thus he arrived at the bank of kaveri where there was a mountain known as sahaya where he found a great saintly person who was lying on the ground covered with dirt and dust and who was deeply spiritually advanced neither by the saintly person's activity nor by his bodily features by his words nor by the symptoms of his varnashram status could people understand whether he was the same person they had known the advanced devotee prallad maharaj duly worshiped and offered obeisance unto the saintly person who had adopted a python's mien of live livelihood after thus worshiping the saintly person and touching his own head at the saint's lotus feet prallad maharaj in order to understand him inquired very submissively as follows so this is a story where prallad maharaj has gone out to search for some saintly people he meets somebody in kaveri where kaveri river is that is in karnataka itself sahaya mountains are here only so he comes and he visits this person his person is lying flat on the ground nobody knows who he is so Prallad Maharaj understands this is a very very great saint so he comes and touches his feet seeing the saintly person to be quite fat Prallad Maharaj said my dear sir you undergo no endeavor to earn your livelihood but you have a stout body exactly like that of a materialistic enjoyer i know that if one is very rich and has nothing to do he becomes extremely fat by eating and sleeping and performing no work so in the material world people become fat by eating and sleeping and hardly doing any work but for a spiritual person how can a spiritual person who doesn't eat so much become so fat o brahmana fully in knowledge of transcendence you have nothing to do and therefore you are lying down it is also understood that you have no money for sense enjoyment how then has your body become so fat under the circumstances you do not consider my question impudent kindly explain how this has happened your honor appears learned expert and intelligent in every way you can speak very well saying things that are pleasing to the heart you see the people in general are engaged in fruitive activities yet you are lying here inactive naturally is in this what we also when we look at a some uh, you know a very saintly person we think you know why this fellow is so such a great person why he cannot earn his living
वो जाके थोड़ा काम क्यों नहीं करता काम करने से है ना पैसा तो मिलेगा बट अ पर्सन इज जस्ट लाइंग ओवर देयर इज नॉट डूइंग एनीथिंग सो डू यू थिंक इज लेजी इज एब्सोल्युटली नॉट लेजी बट अंडरस्टैंड इन द स्पिरिचुअल वर्ल्ड दिस इज हाउ दे आर नारद मुनि कंटिन्यूड व्हेन द सेंटली पर्सन वाज दस क्वेश्चन बाय प्रहलाद महाराज द किंग ऑफ द दैत्यस ही वाज कैप्टिवेटेड बाय द शावर ऑफ नेक्टेरियन वर्ड्स एंड ही रिप्लाइड टू द इनक्विजिटिवनेस ऑफ प्रहलाद महाराज विद अ स्माइलिंग फेस द सेंटली ब्राह्मणा सेट ओ बेस्ट ऑफ द असुरास प्रहलाद महाराज हु आर रिकॉग्नाइज्ड बाय एडवांस एंड सिविलाइज्ड मैन you are aware of the different stages of life because of your inherent transcendental eyes but which you can see a man's character and thus know clearly the results of acceptance and rejection of things as they are only these kind of people those who are on the spiritual path can recognize another person on the spiritual path rest of the people cannot narayana the supreme personality of godhead who is full of opulence is predominant within the core of your heart because of your being a pure devotee He always drives away all the darkness of ignorance, as the sun drives away the darkness of the universe. My dear King, although you know everything, you have posed some questions which I shall try to answer according to what I have learned of by hearing from authorities. I cannot remain silent in this regard, for a personality like you is just fit to be spoken of by one who is desirous of self-purification. This person would not have replied, but because when he sees another spiritual person asking this question. So he says, "Okay, because you are spiritual in nature, I am going to answer this question for you. Because of insatiable material desires, I was being carried away by the waves of material nature's law, and thus I was engaged in different activities, struggling for existence in various forms of life." So this person is now telling the story. He says, "In the past, this is what had happened. In the course of evolutionary process, which is caused by fruitive activities due to undesirable material sense gratification." I have received this human form of life, which can lead to the heavenly planets, to liberation, to the lower species, or to the rebirth among human beings. This is exactly what we have discussed. You know that, no? You are getting this human life so that you can rise above, or you can fall down. Even the gods do not have the capacity of rising above and reaching the Father in heaven, or what we call as the supreme Parabrahma. They cannot. The gods cannot reach him, but you, as a human being, are qualified to reach so we should always revere this particular life of ours so he says this is why i had come in the human form of life a man and a woman unite for the sensual pleasures of sex but by actual experience we have observed that none of them are happy therefore seeing the contrary result i have stopped taking part in materialistic activity so people get married and then they have sex people think that they are all happy but understand this a spiritual person understands this is all waste of time money everything in this world people come and they just indulge themselves in this sexual activities which have no value so he says that i understood this and because of this i took this particular thing the actual form of life for the living entity is one of spiritual happiness which is real happiness this happiness can be achieved only when one stops all materialistic activity material sense enjoyments is simply imagination therefore considering this subject matter i have ceased from all material activities and i am lying down here in this way the conditioned soul lives within the body forgets his self interest because he identifies himself with the body because the body is material his natural tendency is to be attracted by the varieties of the material nature thus the living entity suffers the miseries of material existence so he is telling prallad maharaj a normal material person is lost in the material sense whereas a spiritual person is completely lost in himself just as deer because of ignorance cannot see the water within a well covered by grass 
but runs after water everywhere the living entity covered by material body does not see happiness within himself he runs after happiness in the material world people run after happiness everywhere else except looking for happiness inside their own selves they think that they they are getting good job in a company or they getting married having children having society you know big houses that is what is material happiness bullshit that is nothing all that is illusion everything will go away one day like this the happiness comes in himself in your own self the living entity tries to achieve happiness and rid himself of the cause of distress but because the various bodies of the living entities are under the full control of material nature all his plans and different bodies one after another are ultimately baffled materialistic activities are always mixed with three kinds of miserable conditions adhyatmika adhya adidaivika and adhyabhautika adibhautika therefore even if one achieves some success by performing such activities which is the benefit of success one is still subjected to birth death old age disease and the reactions of the spiritual activities now these three words which we have just now heard correct the three words which are adidaivik adibhautik and adhyatmik these words we have done in the bhagavad gita i don't want to give an explanation over here it basically is an explanation which you will find in the bhagavad gita i have already done with some people and those who i am doing the bhagavad gita will get to hear about it very soon so everybody is running after this kind of things the brahmana continued i am actually seeing how a rich man who is a victim of his senses is very greedy to accumulate wealth and therefore suffers from insomnia due to fear from all sides despite his wealth and opulence a rich man is after riches only think about it you know this is exactly what happens to a rich person those who are considered materially powerful and rich are always full of anxieties because of governmental laws thieves and rogues enemies family members animals birds persons seeking charity inevitable time factor and even their own selves thus they are invariably afraid these kind of people those who are rich you know those who want to make more and more riches these are the people they need to be afraid of their own families their friends their relatives the government because everybody is taxing him all these things are they not supposed to be bothered about they are scared of the elements tomorrow too much of rain what will happen like that those in human society who are intelligent should give up the original cause of lamentation illusion fear anger attachment poverty and unnecessary labor the original cause of all this is the desire for unnecessary prestige and money so two things lust and greed these are the cause of all the problems in the world the bee and the python are two excellent spiritual masters who has given us exemplary instructions regarding how to be satisfied by collecting only a little and how to stay in one place and not move the bee whatever she collects you know you know whatever bee collects do you think bee gets to eat it no human beings come and catch this you know and they they take the honey from the bee so the bee whatever she collects is now taken by somebody else and the python you know what python does he sits in one place he just keeps on looking like this and then something comes and falls near him a small frog will come or something like he will just catch it over there and eat it up so python sits in one place and all his food comes to him okay from the bumblebee i have learned to be unattached to accumulating money for although money is as good as honey anyone can kill its owner and take it away 
So, gathering money, you are never going to be happy because somebody else is going to take it away from you. So, exactly how the bees say. You know, bee gathers honey, but somebody else comes and takes it away. I do not endeavor to get anything, but I am satisfied with whatever is achieved in its own way. If I do not get anything, I am patient and unagitated like a python and lie in this way for many days. Python is always satisfied. He sits in one place waiting for something to fall in his way. And something comes and then he will catch it and eat it up. <laughs> so it's like that. Nobody knows. If you, those who have gone to the zoo, go and see how a python sits over there. He is literally looking like, you know, as if there is not, no life in him. Anaconda and all this. <laughs> you should see. They just sit like that. Then they don't even cha- you know, do anything to their eyes. Something comes and falls on them also, they are least bothered about it. They just sit over there and something comes which they can think, oh, this is edible. So let us eat it up. <laughs> so that is how they are. Sometimes they eat a very small quantity and sometimes a great quantity. Now think about it. This python, you know, suppose one very big calf, maybe a big animal comes over there. Even if it is a big animal, the python just gulps it down. You should see. It can gulp an entire goat also if it wants to. So, <laughs> sometimes you get small animals to eat, small stuff. Sometimes it get bigs. So, whichever way it comes about, it does not really matter. Sometimes the food is very palatable and sometimes it is stale. Sometimes prasada is offered with great respect and sometimes food is given neglectfully. Sometimes I eat during the day and sometimes I night. Thus I eat what is easily available. To cover my body, I use whatever is available, whatever is to be the linen, silk, cotton, bark, deer skin, according to my destiny. And I am fully satisfied and unagitated. Sometimes I lie on the surface of earth, sometimes on leaves, sometimes on grass or stone, sometimes in a pile of ash and sometimes by the will of others in a palace or in a first class bed with pillows. Oh my lord, sometimes I bathe myself nicely, smear sandalwood, pearl pour over the body, put on flower garden and garlands and dress fine garments and ornaments. Then I travel like a king on the back of an elephant or in the chariot or horse. Sometimes, however, I travel naked like a person haunted by a ghost. This is how an Avduta lives. Different people have different mentalities. Therefore, it is not my business either to praise them or blaspheme them. I am not, I am only desire here, they desire their welfare, hoping that they will agree to become one with the super soul, the supreme personality of Godhead Krishna. So, such a person is not bothered by anything. He doesn't interfere, he doesn't bother, he doesn't do anything. What comes his way, he just takes it. He doesn't say no. Even if a gold ornament is offered, he will take that also. If you offer him stale bread also, he will take that also. He doesn't have any objection to anything. The mental concoction of discrimination between good and bad should be accepted as one unit and then invested in the mind, which should be then invested in the false ego. The false ego should be invested in total material energy. This is the process of fighting false discrimination. Discrimination. Knowing the real from the unreal. What is real in this world? Only God is real. Rest, everything is unreal. If something is happening to you, if there is earthquake, that is unreal. Ah, remember this, earthquake will come and go away. Shower will come and go away. Snow will fall and go away. Sun will come out, it will disappear again. Everything will come and go. All the problems in your world will come and go away. Today you may have no money. Tomorrow you will have money. Tomorrow, today you may have money. Tomorrow you may not have. It could be either which way. Why are you bothered so much about it? Why get so much invested in it, you know? 
Don't bother so much about it. So this is the way you are supposed to behave. A learned, thoughtful person must realize that material existence is an illusion. This is possible only by self-realization. A self-realized person who is actually seen the truth should retire from all material activities being situated in self-realization. Prahlad Maharaj, you are certainly a self-realized soul and a devotee of the Supreme Lord. You do not care for public opinion and the so-called scriptures. For this reason, I have described to you without hesitation the history of my self-realization. So the person describes to him what has happened to him. And understand this. Only a realized person understands this, what is being said over here. Because in the normal course of life, we think that money comes, oh, it's very important. No, it's not important. You will not understand this till you actually reach a stage where you have completely given up on all these things and nothing really matters to you. Narad Muni continued, after Prahlad Maharaj, the king of the demons, heard this instruction from the saints, he understood the occupational duties of a perfect person, that is a Paramahansa. Thus he duly worshipped the saint, took his permission and then left for his own home. So we have come to the end of the chapter. This describes how a saint should be. So we will stop over here.